Welcome to Stay On Course with me, Julie Riga. My life has been a roller coaster of highs and lows, but what I know to be true is that when we are grounded in our purpose and savor the sweet moments of life, we are truly a success. Today, you are going to get the ingredients for success because life is salty and life is sweet. Together, let's explore the possibilities of our own lives and learn from thought leaders around the globe. Ready, guys? Let's cook it. Welcome, everyone, to the Stay On Course podcast. Today, we have a very special guest who is a rear admiral and former special assistant to the President of the United States. Welcome, Gary. How are you today? Good morning, Julie. I think a, a better introduction would be, I like to tell you is that I'm a, a retired Rear Admiral Gary Hall, world-famous helicopter pilot, adventurer, sportsman, and world traveler. I'm perhaps the finest helicopter pilot I know, call sign Viper, and I'll be your commanding officer during your tour here at Top Gun. This is the Top Gun podcast, isn't it? Well... This is the Stay On Course podcast. Uh, okay. All right. Let me uh, get my notes out. <laughs> Very happy to have you today, Gary. And tell us, before we get started, what is your favorite meal? Well, I have to tell you, I grew up in uh, Buffalo, New York, which is a, a foodie uh, town, a very ethnic town. And it's more than just the bills in bowling, but food. And as a child, we used to always go to one of those red sauce uh, restaurants. And I always ordered uh, spaghetti and meatballs. And occasionally I would order a side of sausage or a slice of pepperoni pizza. Again, Buffalo is famous for their pepperoni. But anyway, meatballs became my comfort food. And as I've grown up, I've always explored and tested everybody's meatballs to see, you know, when I go to a restaurant. And finally, when my ship was in uh, dry dock in Bremerton, Washington, I went into a small deli and had a meatball sub and the meatballs were wonderful. And I said, would you mind sharing me the recipe? And they said, sure. You take 50 pounds of ground beef, 20 pounds of Italian sausage, four dozen eggs, uh, you know, a loaf of bread and Italian spices. And so I basically did the math on that and said, okay, one pound of ground beef, three links of Italian sausages, and one egg, breadcrumbs, Italian spices, salt and pepper. And then I either fry them in olive oil or bake them in mini muffin cups uh, at 350 for about 20 minutes. So meatballs. Meatballs. I love that. Thanks for sharing. One of the things, I can give you one secret, one secret, Gary, and it is to saute your onions in wine. Ah, very good. Okay, that's a pro tip. That's a pro tip. That is a pro tip. You're going to saute your onions, caramelize them in wine, and use them in the meatballs. That's going to give you a little bit extra. And then also put a little red wine in the meatballs itself. Very good. That's my next, uh, next try. Okay, great. Well, we are going to be talking about leading in an environment of uncertainty. And even today, we've had a little uncertain problem, Gary. I'm dealing with a little echo on my side. And so I'm, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling pressure right now. And so I can imagine as a rear admiral, you've had moments where you've had to deal with a lot of uncertainty. 
And so tell us a little bit about your secret ingredients for success in leading through uncertainty. Well, Julie, as you say, yeah, we're in an uncertain environment today as uh, the events in Ukraine unfold. But uh, through everybody's daily uh, lives or work lives, you encounter uncertainty. And I certainly had that uh, deployed um, many times. Uh, Specifically, I was captain of a ship when the USS Cole was attacked in uh, Yemen. And that became a very uncertain environment. But I'll tell you, secret ingredient to leading in uncertainty is a leader needs to be an ethical leader and a leader needs to be present. And so my uh, ingredients are a desire, commitment, responsibility, accountability, and creating a, a vision. And that is, you know, you have to desire to lead in uncertainty. You can't be wavering or wishy-washy. Uh, the people that you're leading need to look at you and know, I want to be your leader. I'm going to take care of you. And so you also have to be committed. As I say, there's um, three types of people in the world, those that are good with math and those that aren't. That's a, a laugh point. Thank you very much. But uh, in naval aviation, we said there's uh, two types of pilots, those that say they want to fly and those that fly. And the ones that say they want to fly, we call them seagulls because you have to throw a rock at them to get them off the ground. But you know, you've got to be committed. You've got to want to lead. And when people ask about commitment, I talk about uh, your standard um, breakfast. See, and this is kind of a, a food show. They'll take your breakfast of scrambled eggs, bacon, hash browns, and toast. Well, the, the farmer participated by providing the potatoes for hash browns. The baker participated by providing the bread for toast. And the chicken participated by providing the eggs. But only the pig the pig is committed. So a leader needs to be the pig in the breakfast and be uh, committed to leading in uncertainty. And the next thing is you've got to be a responsible individual. You know, responsibility is being professionally capable and understanding your role and your unit's role. And also, I think your personal responsibility. You know, uh, if you're a leader and you have personal life that isn't very responsible, the those that you're leading can sniff that out. And that goes to being an, an ethical leader. And the other thing is, you know, I, when I got my MBA, they said the one, number one technique of executives is to blame others in tough times. And so in leading in uncertainty, an ethical leader is going to be accountable. And that means, you know, you can delegate responsibility, but accountability always remains with you. And again, those that are following you, if they see that you are accountable you are ethical, you are responsible for your actions, and you're committed to leading in uncertainty. It makes them feel better, feel comfortable, and ready to follow. And of course, the other thing is creating a vision and communicating the vision. In uncertainty, it's usually lack of information that creates uh, anxiety. You know, when I would tell my crew, here's what's going on today, here's what we're experiencing, you now know what I know. And if they realize that I'm not withholding any information. Again, they're going to be willing followers. I just dumped a whole lot on you there. Let's break this down a little bit because there is a lot here and and each one of them we could go into, but we're talking about the times that we're in. There's so much uncertainty in the world. Inflation is going crazy. We have gas prices like we've never seen them before. And we're in the midst of a war. So 
what is the self-talk the leader needs to have to support all of these things, starting with the desire? So how does one build themselves up to even get to the point where they're going to be the one with the calm, the steady hand in the midst of the storm? And I'm sure you've had uh, situations in your your work life, right? Where you've had a storm to deal with. And how did you gather your own personal well-being to then show up the way you needed to as a leader? Well, you don't just take a 20-something and throw them in uh, command of a ship so or a command of a squadron. You, you basically go through uh, the ranks, and that would be in business as well. You know, you've got to learn uh, your basics and be competent in your area. And then you get to a certain point where you have enough professional knowledge that you can be calm and confident uh, in your crew. And so the other thing is, you know, the first time I got underway as captain, it takes about two hours to get a big ship underway. And at some point, the executive officer comes over to me and looks at me and salutes me and says, all right, captain, the checklist is complete. We're ready to get underway on your word. And what I'm getting is at that point, everybody on the bridge is looking at you and you have no one else to look at. So you've got, <laughs> you, you, you better have the, the moral fortitude and professional qualities and capabilities to remain calm and salute back and say, yes, let's get underway. I think that comes from experience and, uh, and knowledge. And, you know, um, some of the great leaders that I know, knowledge comes not only from experience, but uh, also from reading. So I think, you know, reading is a, a requirement, reading of fiction, uh, reading of history, reading of uh, nonfiction, technical you're educating yourself and education never ends. You, ne- you never can say, I've got it. But if you have experience and you've prepared yourself, you're ready to lead in uncertain times. But uh, yeah, it's very challenging in today's world. And in fact, what's going on right now, you see a lot of it is about communication. You know, when the Russian ambassador says, we're not invading Ukraine and everybody else says uh, they are. So, you know, look at Zelensky compared to other uh, leaders of standing up and being forceful and being calm and uh, clearly communicating his vision for the country. And so he's leading them through definitely uncertain times. That is, it is a very uncertain time. But I'm also thinking about you standing there ready to embark on this adventure in a sense and I'm wondering how many of those deep learnings that you've experienced, and let's talk a little bit about failure and how failure sort of prepares you for these moments, because I feel like that failing is one of the best teachers we have. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, failing leads to experience, and uh, but wisdom comes from watching others to fail and uh, learning from them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to make some mistakes along the way, and hopefully they're not um, critical mistakes. Yeah, hopefully you don't have fatal mistakes, but you're going to learn from your mistakes, and the best way is to learn from others' mistakes. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about the creating the vision and how critical that is for leaders to be able to communicate that vision in a clear way to their teams and holding on to the vision. What is, what is your thought on that? 
Well, you know, as I advise uh, other people, whether it be in business or a military organization, as I say, take time and sit down and write a, a paper called uh, Who We Are. In other words, you're defining who you are as an organization and kind of what, you, you know, uh, people say, well, I need a vision statement. Well, a vision statement is usually one or two sentences, and I think you need to have several paragraphs before you can neck down to a um, a mission statement. But if you write a paper that says who we are, you can now lead better because if somebody is off the reservation, you can say, listen, that's not who we are. This is who we are. I was uh, in earlier in my career, I was deployed uh, in charge of 12 sailors and one aircraft and a couple of air crewmen and three other pilots. And the sailors said, we want to be the best. And so here's where we're creating a vision. Okay, what I said to them, what is the best? And so they started marking down all the attributes of the best helicopter detachment in the Navy. And I said, now, do you realize if you want to fly that many hours to fly the most hours of any detachment, you're going to have to do the following maintenance. So we created a vision of how to become a best, which involved flying at day, flying at night, landing on uh, the ship, getting ship landings in, and doing maintenance and writing articles for uh, military journals. Once we had that meeting and it was within my window of acceptability, we created a vision and we discussed how you have to do that. So it's easy to say we want to be the best, but, you know, what work goes into it? And it resulted in the Secretary of the Navy recognizing us as the number one uh, naval helicopter detachment in the entire United States Navy. And I was recognized as Helicopter Pilot of the Year for sustained performance. So sitting down with your people mapping out a vision, goals, and putting a calendar and understanding what work is required to meet those goals leads to greatness. Well, this has been amazing. And I've learned about leading in times of uncertainty, but let's go through it one more time. Can you give us a recap of your ingredients to success in leadings in times of adversity? I think the most important ingredient is you need to be an ethical, committed leader of character and you've got a desire to be in command in charge in leading you can't be fearful of the consequences and so therefore you have to be committed you have to be the pig that supplies the bacon you have to be all in not just halfway in and as responsibility you have to know your uh, mission you have to know your profession and you have to know your uh, people and then accountability if you're in charge you're in charge. If a sailor makes a mistake, you don't blame the sailor. You go, wait a minute, I'm accountable. I didn't train that sailor. I didn't give her the required equipment or time. So you hold yourself accountable. And then to lead somebody forward, you have to have a a vision. And so you need to create that vision in alliance with uh, um, what your mission is. And then you've got to always be out there communicating. And I think in times of uncertainty, communication is the key. I mean, whether it be in your church group, in your family, in your organizations, clubs, or in your professional life, communication is the key. People are like sponges for information and knowledge. Well, thank you, Gary. I learned so much from you in leading through times of uncertainty. And what I'm going to be reflecting on here is the accountability piece, because what you just said is pretty powerful. It's that the leader, the manager, 
needs to really take accountability for the people that they lead. And if they're not leading in the best way, that leader needs to figure out how they can help them succeed. And I believe that that's the real purpose of leadership is to help your people succeed, help them have good work-life balance, help them have good mental capacity and really teach them to be the, the leaders of the future. So I love that part. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, Julie. Are you looking to unlock your full potential on your leadership journey? Well, look no further than the Stand Course Podcast. I'm Coach Julie Riga, and I'm here to help you discover your personal purpose and how it connects to work. With my solutions, you'll learn to be present in the moment, bounce back from setbacks, and manage your time effectively. If you are ready to take the next step, why don't you schedule a one-on-one coaching session with me, or join one of my workshops, or even become part of the Stay On Course learning community. Visit stayoncourse.io today. And let's move forward towards success together. Thank you for listening to another episode of Stay On Course. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so Julie can continue serving up delectable experts and appetizing content directly to your earbuds. And remember... Right now, you have the ingredients to be living the life you are meant to live. This has been a production of The Mediacasters.